Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am happy to be joined by Matt Baxendale. A lot to get into, Bax. The media will meet with Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith today at 11.30 a.m. We will have full coverage of that on Bucknuts. Stories we will have the full video of everything that Gene Smith says. Now, there's one question. There's a lot of things I'm curious to hear about from Mr. Smith. But the one question I'm hoping to ask him and then I'm most curious to hear his answer on, and curious to get your answer on this as well, Bax. Can we do something about name, image, and likeness? Because right now it's the Wild West. So can it be regulated? Should it be regulated? And if it should be regulated, how can it be regulated? That's what I'm going to ask Gene. What are your thoughts on that? Should it be regulated? And if so, how can it be regulated? Well, I think there's a couple things that we have to answer before we even get into that, such as when can you engage with players for NIL opportunities. And by that, I mean, uh, there are some schools that are currently recruiting kids with clear, laid out, concise NIL plans, such as every Texas offensive lineman gets $50,000 a year on scholarship, right? Then there are schools like OSU that have their big shot and steam Cardell Jones Foundation, but uh, as far as we can tell, are not engaging on that actively with students in terms of um, when you're recruiting them, at least. There's promise of that, but there are no locked-in deals, if you will. So I think the first thing that needs to be asked is, when should players be allowed to be engaged directly in NIL as part of a recruitment to a school, or should they have to wait until after they get there? That's the first regulation that I'd really love to know where Gene Smith stands on it. And then after that, you're right, they have to be regulated. Ohio State or any of these other schools are not going to be happy when a player inevitably is getting opportunities to advertise for a beer company when they're 19 or, you know, a weed dispensary or, you know, the strip club down the road that's offering them five grand to tweet about their visit on a Saturday, right? These are the things that the, the vice clause, if you will, and I know they currently have that at covering it. And there's some people who argue, well, they're free to do whatever they want. They should have the right to promote whatever they want correct uh the schools are going to have to have some say in that i think right now there just needs to be a unified structure for everybody and i think that you know we're in america everybody has the right to do what they want to do with themselves uh except when the ncaa has been involved historically so this is a good move towards the direction of having a little bit more freedom for these guys but the flip side of this is is that you know from a competitive point of view 
at minimum, there needs to be some regulation as to when you can engage with these recruits for specific NIL opportunities, or if you have to wait until they're on campus, because there's a big difference between what Ohio State's doing and what Texas A&M is doing. Sorry, Jimbo. We all know there's some folks paying for them kids. And that needs to be directly addressed in the next year by the NCAA in some way, shape, or form. Now the question is, will it be? I think after the NCAA has been bludgeoned in court enough the last decade, I don't know if they're going to care enough to do anything about it. So that would probably be my take on NIL. And I am very fascinated to hear what Gene has to say about it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear from him about that. Um, and another thing that I want to ask him, I'm sure other reporters are going to ask this if I don't, um, should the Big Ten eliminate divisions? Your thoughts on that, and what else are you curious to hear about today from Gene? Oh, I hate the de- eliminating divisions thing. I think it's stupid. Everybody's like, oh, let's get an extra good game at the end of the year. It's always a, a decent game at the end of the year in the Big Ten. Just because the West is weaker than the East structurally is not worth having a, a rematch a week later against our arch rivals. Because you know what's going to happen then? They're going to want Ohio State, Michigan in October again, right? This is what we fought off when we got rid of that legends and leaders BS. So I don't want division split because that's much more important to me that OSU and our rivals end this season. Not that they're sitting in October so they can rematch in December. I don't care about that. I don't want to play them twice in a year. It's a once a year bragging rights existential game. And all this other conference crap pales in comparison for me to the importance of that game. The Big Ten has a perfectly good structure right now. It is consistently sending different teams to the playoff almost every year. There is no reason for the Big Ten to get rid of divisions, especially, and this ties into the question I want to hear from Gene Smith, is where does he stand on the playoff expansion and the possibility of having home games and first-round buys for a team if it goes to 12? Because if you're going to 12, STFU about any of this division removal thing because there's no point to it. The Big Ten championship game isn't going to get more lucrative because you have a rematch all of a sudden. And it's going to just be a negative effect on a less meaningful regular season when you've already got 12 teams expanded. So all this conversation about getting rid of divisions only has any premise in logic if you're not expanding the playoffs. So I'm curious to see where Gene Smith stands on the playoff expansion and whether the Big Ten is going to be essentially continuing their current dug-in-the-trenches role against the SEC trying to have a 12-team playoff with unlimited teams per conference so they can get four or five in every year. I think that's a very important question for Gene because that speaks to the overall structure of college football. And then the other question I want to ask him is where does he stand about potentially the Power Five teams splitting off into their own group where maybe they have more available scholarships than some of these lower groups? I think there's a certain group of schools that could easily afford to have 100 scholarships instead of 85 and create a difference between an FBS and FCS, except another level up. And you're seeing it this year with OSU having number situations that they're not really happy about that the NCAA has decided to enforce because some other schools don't want to go over 85 for another year. Whereas the Ohio State's, the Alabamas of the world are all like, please let us do it. We don't care. I think those are the two big ones for me that I want to hear from Gene after the topics you brought up, Dave, are where does he stand on playoff expansion? And what does he think about the future landscape where we may be moving to an extra tier for the Power Five that has more scholarships and different built-in availability things, such as NIL opportunities that are built in with the schools 
such as a higher scholarship number, et cetera. So again, Bucknutters, Gene Smith today at 11.30 a.m. We will have wall-to-wall coverage of everything that Gene says. All right, Bax, let's uh, switch gears. Let's talk about this scholarship crunch. Now, I am not worried about it at all. Now, it, it is interesting because I've covered this team a long time, and I don't ever remember them being six over the limit going into spring ball. So that alone is interesting. There's going to be some guys that leave the program. But if you're a Buckeye fan, you're like, should I be worried about this? It, I would say... Hell no, you should not be worried about it. It'll take care of itself. And maybe there'll be one guy that leaves that we're not expecting that you're kind of like, oh, I could really use him. But I think probably what's going to happen is there's maybe he's going to be one or two medical waivers. There's going to be some guys that weren't going to play anyway. They're going to end up in the portal. That's just my take on it. I don't think I'm not worried about it. I don't think Buckeye fans should be worried about it. Bax, your take on the quote unquote scholarship crunch. I think all the people down south are giggling at our quote-unquote, big crunch over, of being six over. These SEC schools are 12 over in the spring all the time, and they have been for two decades. Uh, this goes back to the old arguments of over-signing. If you're one of the folks that was on this board 15 years ago, whenever the Southern teams were signing 28 kids a year and OSU was signing 18 a year, you know, I remember before the Sugar Bowl uh, 11 years ago, the game where my son was born at halftime, we did an analysis before the game of how many more kids Auburn had signed over the previous, or not Auburn, Arkansas, had signed over the previous four years compared to Ohio State. And it was something like an entire extra recruiting class. So the SEC, their argument was, well, the academic standards, the kids don't make it sometimes. No, they were cut. They were straight up cut. And this is when the Big Ten put that rule in place to say that, you know, you have to honor a scholarship for four years. But the reality is kids want to play. And being six over, Look, Ohio State's six over because I think they were expecting another year to be able to whittle their way down to 85 until this NCAA ruling from the penny pinchers came in, and they're not happy about it. But this would have been planned for on different levels if that 85 crunch hadn't been pushed up a year. And I think being six over, like you said, Dave, we're going to lose somebody we don't want to lose who decides they have better chances to play somewhere else, right? It's going to be like a J-Mo Williams last year situation. We're like, oh, man, we could use that guy. All right, well, whatever. Now, I don't know if they're going to be as successful somewhere else as Jamison Williams was, but it could be a guy like what we saw with Ryan Watts transferring to Texas, right? You're like, oh, man, we could have used him, right? There's going to be some guys that Ohio State is going to go, oh, we could have had that guy for this year and been happy about it. But it usually works itself out. And you're going to see some conversations that are, hey, look, if you stay, you're not going to play. So if you want to play, you know what you have to do. And that's kind of like the, you know, the come to Jesus conversation about where you frankly stand. Those will happen. You'll have some kids, like you said, Dave, who can't continue because of medical waivers. Uh, we've seen it with guys over the years from Aram Olson to Aram, Aram Olson to Cam Bab, right? These are the guys who just for whatever reason are just so banged up and they just can't continue. And they're kept on scholarship. They don't count against the limit. So I'm not worried about the numbers crunch. I think OSU is only worried about it because they feel like they got it pulled up ahead on them versus having the extra year to work their way back down to 85 like they frankly should have had. Aram Olsen, now there's a blast from the past. I love it. I love pulling that name Old out. Old school no. reference, baby. I, oh, dude, that that is fullback going back. from South Carolina, back I when we had it. fullbacks. Back when fullbacks were a thing, although Mitch Rossi plays kind of a kind of a fullback role slash tight end role for the Buckeyes. He's, he's a hybrid, uh, you know, the, the true H-back, you know, hybrid uh, tight end slash fullback. Um, last thing here on the show, we've had some requests from listeners and we love hearing uh, requests from 
listeners. Sometimes we actually uh, do what the listeners want. No, we try to always do what the listeners want. And there's been some requests to talk a little bit more about Ohio State's basketball team. What a good time to do it. March Madness is just around the corner. And Bax, this team is catching fire at the right time. Now, Minnesota is not good at basketball this year. They're pretty bad. But still, Ohio State just whooped them yesterday. The Buckeyes were favored by 13. Uh, well, you know, they won 70 to 45. So barely covering that spread, winning by 35 points over Minnesota. Excuse me, winning by 25 points over Minnesota. I can almost do math. But Buckeyes now 16 and 6 overall. They are 9 and 4 in the Big Ten. Here's what's so interesting. So they are in fourth place in the Big Ten, but they're only a game and a half out of first place. So fourth place, but only a game and a half out of first place. Illinois is in first place. Then you have Purdue and Wisconsin, a game ahead of Ohio State. Um, Purdue and Wisconsin are both 11 and four. Illinois is 11 and three. Again, Ohio State is nine and four. Here's where it really gets interesting. So the Buckeyes have seven regular season games remaining. They will be favored in six of those games. The only game that they'll be the underdog backs is at Illinois. Hopefully they can pull the upset there. Now, regardless, though, if chalk holds, even if they lose that game to Illinois, even though Illinois is in first place right now, I would venture to guess if Ohio State goes six of seven to finish this stretch here. Um, and really, it would be eight of nine because they've won two straight. But if they win six of their final seven, and they're going to be favored in six of them, and by the way, five of those games are going to be at home, I think Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten regular season championship. Now, they have to take care of business. But man, this schedule sets up well for them. Yeah, I think 15 and five gets it done too. Uh, I just look at the standings right now Uh, with the COVID cancels that they had from early in the year getting pushed back here. You know, they've kind of, it's kind of worked out in in a way, if you will, for them, because they're, they're now they're in the swing of things in terms of getting into a little bit of a rhythm and they've got a very friendly schedule around the stretch, like you're saying. And a lot of these teams already have four losses. So uh, at least a piece of the big 10 regular season championship for them is, is a total realistic possibility. And, I'm just going to throw this out there. There's a lot of people who complain about Chris Holtman. I don't, I don't get it. I just don't understand it. Like, what do you expect from Ohio State basketball? More than consistently being in the tournament, consistently being a Big Ten contender, uh, consistently landing pretty good recruiting classes. But they don't r- land recruits like they're Kentucky. I get that. Some people don't like that. But, man, Chris Holtman has been everything we could have hoped for from the moment we hired him in the middle of the summer years ago with no warning. And he had a chicken wire team he put together with duct tape and it still made the tournament. So Chris Holtman is doing a hell of a job with this program, getting guys like EJ Liddell to come back. The big difference for this program, this team looks good. I'm excited to see them in the tournament this year. Cause you know, they're going to be there. And if they can win the big 10 championship, that would be, even better because that's not something big Ohio State teams really have consistently done over the years win the Big Ten championships. They usually make it to the tournament. They're typically second to fourth in the conference. And I just think that there's a lot of if you want to criticize Chris Holtman, maybe do it a little quiet less quiet or a little less loudly, right? Like like this is you still with me? I think I got the gist of what you were saying. I mean Chris Holtman is really good. Buckeye fans need to back off. Yeah. I mean they're not going to be a juggernaut like the football Buckeye team. Buckeye team but- looks great. It's just, it's, it's excellent to me. Yeah, exactly. It's the basketball team's in very good hands. And don't forget, he's got his best recruiting class coming in next year. It is a top seven national recruiting class right around, maybe even top five, um, you know, when the dust settles, we'll see where they're at, but um, it's a very good recruiting class coming in next year. And, 
yeah, this year, uh, EJ Liddell is an absolute superstar. He was first team all Big Ten last year. This year, he might be Big Ten player of the year. So, uh, yeah, basketball bucks looking good. Um, great stuff from Matt Baxendale. Really appreciate it, Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. If you like the show, subscribe, like, give us a five-star review, all that good stuff. It really helps, and we appreciate it. Thanks again to Bax. Thank you to all the listeners. Hope you guys have a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.